Hey, 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 hey. We are live. We are live. And for all of those who are tuned in and watching, welcome to the Evolution of She podcast, episode eight, From Victim to Victorious, A Woman's Journey to Healing. We have got an incredible and inspiring episode today that I think will really encourage many women whether you're dealing with some of the things we talk about today, you have in the past, or you know someone that is. And so I want you all, if you're tuning in, wherever you're tuning in from, to tag your people in this live stream. I've made it where you can share it outside of the group. I know it is inside of the group, um, but we are making it so that you can share outside of the group. You can share it to your page, share it to your story tag your people because I know that this is something that many women can find valuable. Okay. All right. All right. So I'm your host, Jaleesa. Of course, you guys know me. And today we have the honor of having Miss Stephanie Strickland as our special guest. Woo! I wish I had the little clapping things. I don't know <laughs> all the cool features, the sound effects and all that, but in this episode, we're going to dive deep into a topic that touches the hearts of many people, and that is overcoming domestic violence and discovering your self-worth. Okay, so um, just in a minute before I get into what's upcoming, I'm going to go ahead and just introduce Miss Stephanie, let you all know who we have on the show. So Stephanie Strickland is a Dallas, Texas native, and she is an up-and-coming author and speaker. She's a Christian woman and a survivor of domestic violence. She is also an advocate for women. She encourages women to remove the masks that we wear daily, which is very important. <laughs> and yes. she hopes that by sharing her story, other women will be inspired to share their stories and their and their and fight, I'm sorry, and fight for the life okay. God promised for us. Okay. <laughs> So if you are joining this live on the Facebook stream, please feel free to ask us questions, share your thoughts in the comments. Um, we will respond in live time. Um, I'm not sure if you can see the questions, Stephanie, but if you can't, I will read them if they come come along okay. and then we can respond. Um, okay. So now for those of you who might be catching this later, um, if you're catching the replay or if you're catching it audio only on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, don't worry. You can still be a part of the conversation. You can find our contact information below in the show notes or in the comments. And you can always ask us the questions you're, you're thinking of or give us comments, feedback on the episode. Um, that's always helpful so that we can know that we're doing things that mean something to people because, you know, that's what this is all about providing value, service, you know, all the good things that God has created us to do. So, Stephanie, thank you so much for being on the show today. Um, now, I'm not looking directly at you because I have a bunch of stuff going on on my screen, so I'm just moving <laughs> my eyes around, so don't think I'm not paying attention, but you know what? God is telling me that I need to get an assistant for this, <laughs> so I think that's <laughs> on my bucket list or I'm on my, my to-do list. So thank you. Thank you for being here. It's really a pleasure to have you and an honor. And so before we get started, of course, we want to know a little bit about you and what you are doing these days. What are you up to these days? 
Okay, so as you said, my name is Stephanie Strickland. Um, I'm an up and coming author. Um, I'm starting to be a speaker. Um, I'm just a busy woman. I have three sons. Um, I'm a grandmother. I have four grandkids. Um, I still work in corporate world, but my dream is to become an, well, I am an author, but for that to be my full-time thing. I'm also um, letting God use me. Some things have kind of come into my view that maybe that's something I need to start looking out and doing, maybe um, branching out and doing more seminars and workshops and um, just things like that. I'm just letting God lead the way and the doors he's opening. I'm walking through them. So, yeah. <laughs> yes. That's what it's all about. It's all about, you know, uh, we can, we can um, make all the plans and we can say we want to do these things, but it's ultimately God who leads us that's and directs it. our steps and all that we do. So I'm just happy to hear that you are trusting God for what he is calling you to do. And not only that, that you are being obedient and listening and letting him guide you because we we all kind of, you know, take our own routes and we hit exactly. walls and, we, you know, we realize ultimately that that was just especially not if we don't feel that we are confident or if we can do the job. It's like, you know, yeah. God will play something in our heart to do. And we'd be like, well, God, you know, I can't do that. I don't know how to do that. Um, yeah. if, if you would have told me a, a year ago, I'd be. A, a award-winning Arthur, I would say, no, nah, I don't believe that. A dream, but I didn't ever see it happening. Yeah. 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 I mean, and that's, that's how he works because he knows that, you know, or we know that without him and his strength and his power, we're not able to do the things. And so he puts exactly. us in those situations, you know, to be able to lean on him and know that it's not us that is doing it, but it is him. Exactly. So, that's amazing. I'm excited for what you're working on and what's coming for you. So now getting into everything. Now, your journey through overcoming domestic violence is undoubtedly an inspiring one. And many women who have faced domestic violence or who are currently in this situation often wonder why they stayed in those situations. And even mm -hmm. sometimes their, their close family and friends who know what's going on, you know, are telling them to leave or they're questioning them. Why don't you leave? So right. can you shed some light on your personal experience and what kept you in that situation for the time that you stayed? Sure. So um, I met my ex-husband when I was 13. Uh, we were what you call high school sweethearts. Um, mm. Um, the abuse started before we even married, but because I was young, I didn't realize that it was a toxic relationship. So I learned very quickly to, um, I say, dumb myself down. So when we would get into it, if there was a fight, I would just tell myself, okay, I'm not going to do that again, or I'm not going to say that again. And um, so I didn't know that, like I said, I didn't know that I was in a toxic relationship because I had been in it for so long at a young age. And once we got married, the patterns just kept stayed in and it kept going. Um, I was a teenage mother. I had our first son at 14. I had our second son at 17. And by the time I was 20, I had three sons. And so my self-worth was kind of low by then. I'm just saying, you know, I was looking to my ex-husband for approval. And I think that's why a lot of people stay because 
they come in with low self-worth and they don't realize that they deserve better or they don't real they don't even realize that they're in a toxic relationship it becomes normal to them yeah and they stay in it because they just think that's the norm i know that's what i did i stayed in yeah. it because i thought it was normal because it started early and then i had three kids he was the he was the provider you know he made the money um if i left what, what was i going to do i was going to start over i had three small kids i was a young mom um I just felt like this is where I was supposed to be. I felt like I deserved what I was getting, if that makes sense. Wow. Yeah, it definitely does make sense because I I believe that there are a lot of women who think and feel the same way, um, you know, and sometimes those things are not very rational um, to everyone else on the outside, but to us, it seems like that is the truth. Um, and so which leads me to the next question is that, you know, many women may struggle to recognize the signs, as you as you said, that you didn't really see it. Um, they, they, they fail to recognize the signs of an unhealthy relationship because of their early or consistent exposure to right. dysfunctional dynamics, uh, particularly in their childhood. Um, and in your case, you started this relationship at 13. Um, and in your book, you know, it's such a powerful testament to transformation as well as leading to profound realization over the course of your life. And so what I have for you here is a two part question is, number one, can you share specific insights about the less obvious forms of domestic violence or domestic abuse um, beyond physical abuse? Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes that leads, you know, that's the leading, the, right. what leads to the physical abuse. Um, and then number two is what might these forms of abuse look like uh, for individuals who might not even realize that they're in an abusive relationship? Okay, so there are many forms to domestic violence. Um, like you said, physical is the most obvious because people see the scars and you see the hurt. But there's also emotional, verbal, financial, and sexual abuse. Um, physical abuse usually is not the first form. It's usually later after everything else they've tried has failed. Uh, for me, the verbal abuse was, um, you know, nobody wants you, nobody loves you, um, you're nothing without me. That's you know, are they, you know, they say things that are call you out your name. They tell you you're fat. They tell you you're ugly. They tell you all these things. And then they flip it and say, oh, but I love you. Nobody loves you, but I love you. You know, emotional abuse is to me, it was really bad. The verbal and the emotional abuse. Emotional abuse is when they like ignore you. Mm. Um, they're very jealous and possessive. Um, you know, at first people think that's cute. Oh, he just wants to know where I am. Well, mm -hmm. if he's calling you 10 times, why does he have to call you 10 times if you've already told him one time where you're going? Right. You know, those are obvious things that people don't recognize. Oh, he just wants me. Or they isolate you from your family and friends. That was big in my relationship, isolation. Okay. Um, they don't want you hanging out with your family. They question your friends. And if you get too close to your friends, you're sleeping with your friends, you're having affairs. Um, in my book, I talk about how my ex accused me of sleeping with family members. I was gay. I was sleeping with women. 
you know, all these things, that's abuse. Financial abuse is, I worked, but he was a sole provider, but he questioned all the money. He could do what he wanted to do with the money, but mm -hmm. I had to get approval to do what I wanted to do with the money. Um, another form of abuse is if you feel like you're walking on eggshells all the time, if you don't know what you're coming home to. That was, I talked about that a lot. I never knew what I was coming home to. So I would be always on eggshells. I was always trying to make sure everything was perfect. So maybe this would be a good weekend or maybe this would be a good day. But then he would always set those unattainable standards that I could never reach. Mm. It's just like the standard just kept, it kept getting higher. The bar just kept going higher and higher and higher to the point where I felt hopeless. Yeah. That's abuse. And I don't think a lot of people realize that. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm sorry if, if you got, if you guys hear the the city uh, sirens behind me, it's always <laughs> something crazy going on. I'm sorry. That's city living, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, so, but, but I love that you mentioned different, the different forms, um, specifically emotional abuse, because those are hidden uh, forms of abuse. Um, as well as financial abuse. Some people don't even recognize that, you know, financial abuse is even a thing. Um, right. And so where, and, and even, you know, um, in my personal experience in life is seeing uh, some people use uh, money against a person um, to say that, you know, if you don't do this for me, I won't give you money. Or, exactly. you know, in a, marriage. It's like, oh, well, you know, when someone is solely dependent on their significant other um, and the, uh, the abusive spouse would say, oh, well, if you don't, for example, have sex with me, I won't exactly. give you or take care of you to this extent. And some people don't understand um, that is abusive in nature. It is so, abuse. Or if you, and as far as sexual abuse go, if you're scared to say no. Yeah. That's, I mean, if, if you're, if your partner's, you know, forcing you to have sex, well, not forcing, but to making you feel like you have to have it when you don't want to, mm -hmm. that's abuse. Mm -hmm. And you're, if you're afraid to say no, just like, I don't want to have it tonight. Not because, you know, you just don't want to, yeah. you have a right to say no, even in a relationship. Yeah, I yeah. totally agree. Um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I believe that this may set free a lot of people just realizing that this is what it is and have and giving it a name. Sometimes we have challenges in life where we don't really want to put a name on it. Uh, we know it exists, but we don't really want to call it what it is because it, it's a form of denial. Um, and so um, thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Um, now, when we go further into the journey of breaking free from mm -hmm. domestic violence. Um, sometimes situations of breaking free can often lead to a new set of challenges. It's like you yes. get rid of one bad thing to jump into <laughs> to the jump next into something else. Yeah. <laughs> right. And so these <laughs> challenges may become hard, especially when you have shared family responsibilities, you have children, you have joint assets. Uh, right. finance, financial reliance or support and stability, um, or even the bigger thing or the biggest uh, other thing is the fear of 
the effects of the threats from your abuser. So yes. some women deal with um, manipulation and, and threats of if you leave me, I'll kill myself or I'll yep. hurt you or, you know, and so you're now manipulated to stay. Um, so now when you finally mustered up the courage to make that leap or take that leap of faith and leave, what are some of the most significant challenges that you faced and how did you find the strength to muscle through those challenges? So when I decided to leave, it was, um, I talk about it in my book. I, I think God, it was a, an awakening for me because um, we had been fighting for like three days. I mean, just, it was a weekend. So it was that whole, it started Friday and it just kept going. Mm -hmm. And when finally, when I said, okay, you know what, this is it, I'm leaving. I got up, I got dressed and I started walking. Our bedroom was at the back of the house and you had to walk past the, the living room to get to the garage. Mm -hmm. And he was in the garage, he was in the living room. And so I just prayed that I could just make it to the garage. And I really think God was with me because I just walked out of the room. He saw me walk out the room and I just kept walking. I didn't look at him, I just kept walking. Mm -hmm. I felt him get up and start walking behind me and I thought, okay, he's going to hit me. You know, this is, it's going to start, but I'm going to keep going. But he didn't. And I just kept walking. And when I got it, when I got to the garage, I gave him the keys to the house and I got in my car and I left. And as I was driving off, I got nervous and I thought, okay, how am I going to fix this to where I can come back? Hmm. And I believe God said something to me. The Holy Spirit said, you're not going back. And I didn't go back. Wow. Wow. I Yeah. A lot of people s said that, you know, I should have been more proactive in, in fighting for what, because I left the money, which I don't recommend this to a lot of women, but for me, it was more important to have my life. I left the money. I left the house. I left all of that. And I just basically started over. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when I left, I, I really believe the Holy Spirit told me you're not going back. Yeah. And from the moment I left, I believe he put a circle of people around me mm -hmm. to where he would say, you know, they were, you're not going back. They, you know, they were my support because mm -hmm. without them, I don't think I would have made it. I really don't because I had left so many times before and I had mm -hmm. went back. Yeah. I mean. I was married for 26 years. Wow. Wow. Now that in itself, that time, you know, sometimes we get attached to the time, even just the number of the time, even if it right. wasn't the best 26 years of your life, it just in your mind replays it, but it's 26 years. It's it 26, 26 years. years. You keep, you know, living in that memory of this is time that was built you know, something was built, but then you think about it and you wonder, was it worth the 26 years? You exactly. know, um, did I, was it a, a life well lived in 26 years? In 26 you years, know? you know, yeah. there and was times you, I got angry with myself. I was, I was mad at myself. You know, I did 26 years, but a lot of people don't realize, and I had to learn this in therapy and I talk about this in my book, about the cycles. So it wasn't always bad. So I, 
there's like different phases of it. And I was always in the honeymoon phase. It's like the best phase. Yeah. That's when everything's good. That's when everything's nice. You know, they're, they're very understanding. They're this, but it only lasts for so long. And then the, yeah. and then the abuse starts back over. It's, it's a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. And a lot of women, I learned this in therapy. We're always trying to get back to the honeymoon. Well, if we yeah. just get back to the honeymoon, you know, I would talk about that. Um, my ex-husband was military. So every time we would move, I'd be like, it's a new beginning. You know, now yeah. we can start over. It's going to be fresh. We're going <laughs> to, it's going to yep. be good this time. But then within a matter of months, it would start back over again. And I would find myself always wanting to get back to the honeymoon. Yeah. I, I, I realized that you mentioned that you guys have went a lot of different places in your military journey. Um, and so I realized that in your book, when I was reading it, that every time you PCS to a new place, you were like, okay, this is a first start. We're going to start new. It's going to be great for us. And you almost made these, um, like almost like a fairy tale in your head every time to only further be let down, um, as you went forward. And I think that a lot of us, I'm glad that you said the word cycle. A lot of us get stuck in that cycle simply because it's it's so normal, right? It's mm-hmm. it's comfortable. And, it and we're comfortable. scared. Yeah. yeah, we're scared to jump outside of that comfort zone. But really in that comfort of being uncomfortable is where you're going to grow. Going to be, yes. You're gonna grow the most. Um yeah. like you said for me, it was comfortable for me. I knew, you know, I knew the cycle. I knew okay, this is what's gonna happen, this is what's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But for me to, when I left, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know how I was going to make it. I didn't know these things. It was all new and it yeah. was scary. And like I said, if God hadn't placed a circle around me, I don't really think I would have made it. Right. Yeah. And and God has a, has a way of always working it out um, in, in ways that we just can't even fathom. We can't even understand how or, you know, why, but we know that the hand of God is in it because other, you know, without you having that circle of support, I I wouldn't, I don't know how, you know, or you probably don't even know how you would really have made it out, you know, alone. And so Mm -hmm. now, and this kind of goes into the next question, which I love how everything is kind of leading into the next thing is that, you know, the scars of, of, domestic violence, they often go beyond the physical harm um, and they can also deeply affect our emotional well-being. And your journey likely involved addressing emotional and psychological wounds just as well as the physical. And so can you share some some strategies that help you recover emotionally? I know you mentioned therapy, which I highly suggest to any and everybody, but especially women who are dealing with traumatic things like this. Um, So what are some of the strategies that have helped you? Um, Like I said, therapy is a big one. Um, I've found a really good church home. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, get you a church. And if you're not, I tell other women this, if even if you don't go to church or you don't have a church home, Find that thing that gives you peace. Yeah. You know, a lot of people don't, um, a lot of people just don't believe in God, you know, don't believe. So 
you just have to address it where it is. And whatever your faith is, whatever it is that you're drawn to, find the peace in that. Um, I started running. I'm a big runner. Um, and I just kind of let go of a lot of people who didn't want to see me grow. So I lost a lot of relationships, but that's yeah. okay because God placed new ones in my life mm -hmm. that were there for me. And I just started rebuilding myself. I did the work. I started um, reading books that would help me understand why I stayed. And I started talking to people. You know, I wanted to know why did I stay because I really didn't know. Um, I started reading books. I started attending seminars. I just started reading affirmations. I got real deep in the Bible and started attending Bible study and things like that to help me see myself the way God sees me. Yeah. That's really, really important. Really important. Um, and, and even in the, the transition um, you know, you said that you were, um, you had friends, you had to cut off some ties. I would imagine you had to um, separate yourself from his family um, to some extent. Um, yes. And then tell me a little bit about what this did for your children um, and how they took this um, decision um, that you made. Sure. So I have three sons. Mm -hmm. And um, when I left, I think my oldest two were, they kind of knew it was coming. I guess, you know, they kind of felt it. Um, my youngest son, it, he took it hard. Yeah. And so there was some tension between us for a, in, in the beginning because they, they didn't understand. Nobody really understood why I left because to everybody else, we seemed like the perfect couple out in public. You know, everybody loved us. Um, you would have loved my ex out in public, but at home behind doors was different and nobody knew about that. Right. And so when I left, my, my, my sons knew about it. Of course, they lived it. But I had stayed for so long. So it just kind of shocked them when I left. Mm -hmm. And I just we had to have some conversations um, and just talk about it. Like I said, me and my youngest son, um, we kind of struggle for a little bit, but things are good with us now because they see now that I'm happier. They see now that I have peace. They see now that, you know, that I'm not always nervous or anxious. They see a different person. And I think mm -hmm. they like the person they see now. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Um, because it, it shows the the growth, it shows the the process um, that it doesn't start off pretty, even though it is maybe the best decision you could have made. Um, it doesn't always look good in the beginning, um, right. and it causes it causes some discomfort for everyone involved because it doesn't just affect you, um, but it is light on the other side, you know, and so. Right but that's the process of it. And so I really just wanted you to share that for women who might be dealing with something like that, who, or who are thinking or considering to move forward with their decision, but they're thinking about their kids. They're thinking about what are, what is everyone going to say? Right. What is everyone going to think? Um, and sometimes, you know, I mean, that's normal. Sometimes we get wrapped up in the right now, but there's more 
and there's beauty on the other, on side. The other side. Yeah. Yeah. It's beauty on the other side. So um, thank you so much for sharing that. And and then so now um, this is a little bit more about you and your journey. And so, you know, trust issues can be a significant aspect oh, of healing, yeah. you know, <laughs> from domestic violence. And many survivors, they struggle, they struggle with trust, whether it be even with friends and families, but particularly in new uh, romantic relationships. So have you personally experienced like trust issues moving on? And if so, how did you work through them on your journey to healing? So um, I do talk about it a little bit in my book. I did, I think I, I did start dating mm -hmm. um, and I met this guy and right away I saw the signs. I saw that he was a mirror image of my ex. I mm. saw it really quick. <laughs> wow. And it's, mm -hmm. and so, and because my, the, I say my conscience, but the Holy Spirit kept saying, you need to pay attention. Something doesn't feel right. You need to pay attention. And one day I just sat back and I paid attention instead of just brushing off the little stuff, you know, he would say things or he would do things. And I'd be like, oh, wow, you know, that was something my ex would do, but I would just brush it off. And I, finally, I sat back and I paid attention and I was like, OK, yeah, this is not going to work. And I ended the relationship. Um, now I kind of date off and on, but it's still it's still a learning process. I'm not going to say that it's going to be perfect, but it's still a learning process for me. And for a while, I didn't date at all. I just. Yeah, after that one incident, I was like, OK, I'm going to figure out myself first before I start dating again. That way I'll bring my whole self to the table and I'll know what's going on. And I won't be looking for somebody else to make me feel whole. Yeah, super, super important. You have to go through that process of healing and really understanding you before you can even know what you want moving forward. And um, I want to ask two questions from that. Number one is how long, how long has it been since you divorced? And um, also number two, do you think that you were um, over your, or let's just not say over it, but do you feel like you were healed when you jumped into the next, the relationship that you spoke about in your book? Okay. So um, I've been divorced since 2013. Uh -huh. um, and I know I don't think I was healed when I jumped into that relationship because it was only maybe a year or two after my divorce uh -huh. that I met this guy and I was still going to therapy. Well, I still go to therapy, but I was still deep in therapy. <laughs> I was yeah. still having um, issues with knowing myself. Mm -hmm. I was still trying to figure myself out. So no, I I don't think I was ready for that relationship. Yeah. And he, and what's the funny thing about it? It's he had even made a comment to where he was like, he knew he was a narcissist. He knew it. Oh. And I just kind of was like, yeah, right. You know, everybody <laughs> has some, a little bit of narcissism <laughs> in them, you know, but and the Holy Spirit kept telling me, pay attention, pay attention. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. finally, when I sat back and I did, I was like, yeah, I'm not ready for this. This is you're a mirror, mirror image of what I left. And so now I need to figure out 
Why am I still attracting something that I left? Why am I still being drawn to it? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I love I love your awareness. I love the fact that you sit and you analyze and you are trying to figure out like why things are the way that they are. And you're really processing that um, because it's such a big thing. And that's something that, you know, they teach us in therapy, too, is mm -hmm. to try to figure out like why you're thinking this way and why you're doing these things, why you're making these actions and how you can do something different. Um, by just controlling the way that you, of course, think first before you start doing things. So right. I love that you're saying that because it's super important for us to understand that we have to first get a hold of our thoughts before anything, get a hold of our beliefs first, our thoughts, and then we act upon those things. So right. um, I, I love that you shared that. And so sharing your story in general can inspire others to confront their own trauma and also to seek healing from the trauma that they may have experienced. And so right. um, even by sharing your personal experiences in your book, um, you know, what, you know, what message do you hope to convey to women who may have faced similar challenges as you or who are currently in an unhealthy relationship and just not sure, uh, you know, what's the, the first thing to do when they want to leave? Um. Well, the first thing I want to say is you may not want to leave. You may want to see if you can make it work, um, but just recognize the signs, um, you know, do like I did. I even talked about it in my book. I started reading articles on the Internet and I started, you know, just anything I could get my hands on about abuse, about domestic violence. I started reading it and I started saying, OK, is this me, you know? Not that I'm looking for it, but I'm like, that sounds like my relationship or that sounds like what's going on in my house. Um, there was one thing that I talk about where it was the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. This lady's like, it's like I'm living with two people. And I'm like, I'm living with two people. Um, in my book, I talk about how I had given my ex a, a name. You know, I called him Butch. Yeah. When Butch showed up, I knew it was going to be a long weekend or I knew it was going to be a long night. I knew that. Um, I just tell women to do that. Um, I hope my book encourages them to look at themselves, because at some point I learned this in therapy. I had to look at myself and why did I feel like I was deserving to be treated that way? Yeah. You know, why did I feel that way? What was something deep inside of me let me you know, that said that I was unworthy and that I was deserved to be treated like this and abused and, you know, talked to crazy and neglected. And why did I just think I deserved it? Yeah. Um, and get past the material things. I think a lot of women get caught up in the material stuff. Well, if I leave, you know, I'm going to lose this. I'm going to lose that. It's okay that's not your image. That's just material things. That's not who you are. That doesn't define you. It doesn't make you who you are. So it's okay to walk away from that. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Thank you. Thank you for sharing. Um, so that's going to wrap up our episode today. It was very insightful, very <laughs> encouraging. Um, I love that you are transparent and kind of vulnerable, you know, about your story. You're, you don't hold back. Um, your book is amazing. I just want to say, 
um, just real quick to the audience of how I came across Miss Stephanie. So uh, we were at a women empowerment event and uh, she stood up for maybe like a good five minutes. I think they yep. only gave like five <laughs> minutes <laughs> to talk about what you had going on. But her book, um, she was up there kind of just briefly. She didn't go into detail about her story, but she just briefly said, hey, my book is in the back. You know, if you want to check it out, come back here or whatever. And I just so happened to be in the audience. And when she stood up there, I just felt a force say, you need to go back there and get this woman's book. Now, I don't know why God sent me back there because I'm like, God, I'm not, you know, going through these things. I'm not, you know, having these issues. Yeah. But um, for some reason, I know God put us in each other's space. And so um, and and I and I went back there and I bought the book. Y'all sitting right here in front of me. <laughs> Finding Peace Within. Um, and um, the book is amazing. I literally got through it. I mean, like quick. I don't usually read books. I usually get about halfway through a book and I'll put it down because I have a short attention span. Everybody knows that. But I was able to get through this book. I couldn't put it down. It was good. It was insightful. Um, and it was very um, inspiring, um, to say to say the least. So I just want to say, you know, as we wrap up this powerful episode, I want to extend my heartfelt heartfelt gratitude um, for you joining us today and sharing your insights um, about overcoming domestic violence and abuse, and as well as finding your self-worth, what the journey looked like for you and how it affected you and your, you know, family and your children. Um, and so this is the time now, Stephanie, for you to let our audience know how they can stay connected with you and learn more about your upcoming endeavors. Okay. So um, you can stay connected with me. Um, I am on Instagram at I am SD Strickland. SD Strickland. Yes. I'm also on Facebook at Stephanie D. Strickland. Um, I also have a website, um, StephanieDStrickland.com. Um, and I'm I'm like out and about everywhere. If if there's a place where there's an event, I'm usually trying to get there. <laughs> I do like being at women events though, because I do like to um, be around other women who are trying to grow and and be, find out who they are and find their way. Um, I hope that the person reading my book takes that away from my book. Yes, my book is about domestic violence. Um, even if you're not in a relationship, we all know somebody that's in one. But I also feel that, like you said, if I when I wrote the book, God said, well, if you're going to write it, you better tell it. And I yeah. told it all. And I feel like um, as women, we need to start telling our stories. And I hope yeah. that whoever picks up my book or read my book will see that it's OK to share your story. It's OK to. um to walk in your past, to let it go. That's what I did. Um, by writing my book, by telling my story, it released me of the shame of it. I'm not ashamed of my story. Yeah. And I think a lot of women hide in the shame of their past. I'm not ashamed of my past. I'm a teenage mother. I'm a high school dropout. I was in a domestic violence relationship for 26 years. Um, I'm not ashamed of that because look where God has brought me now is you know, so I'm not ashamed of my past at all. And that's what God wants us to do. When we overcome things, he wants us to share our stories. He wants us to tell our testimonies uh, so that we can bring, you know, people to him and see how great he is. We we want to 
glorify God, you know, with our, exactly. with our story, with our testimony. So um, I, I commend you and I really appreciate you even just having the, the, the desire to do that and not being afraid and not thinking about what everybody says, because a lot of us, you know, um, we hide behind our truth because we don't want people judging us or we don't want exactly. people to keep us in that space that we have already outgrown. And even I've been, you know, I've been, you know, the type of person sometimes to think too much into showing up because what if people think this about me or people know me as this from the past. And so, you know, and sometimes we get like that, but it really doesn't matter about where you came from. It's about where you're at and where you're going. So, so you, you should know, um, you shouldn't allow your pat your past to keep you in bondage. Yes, yes. You shouldn't allow that. So true. So true. So true. So for those of you who may be listening um, or take on, you know, hear this later on, um, if you have a story to tell, if you have something to share with the world, share it. You never know whose life you can save or whose exactly. life you can change just by being true to who you are and who God has has made you to become. So um, to our listeners, if you have any questions or thoughts about today's episode, if you want to share your own experiences, um, you know, in private, you don't have to go all full public with it. Mm -hmm. But if you want to just talk to somebody, talk to me or Miss Stephanie, uh, don't hesitate to reach out to either one of us. You have our contact information. Um, if you are experiencing um, or you're in a domestic violence situation and you are feeling uh, like you are being abused, Miss um, Stephanie, do you have the hotline or the information on who to contact in that uh, case? You know what? I don't have it right here, but I can get okay. it. If not, I'm sorry. This just laid on my heart just now. I know it just even... popped in. My... When you said that, I just thought about it. <laughs> It wasn't even a part um, of the show. Call, the, I know the hotline is 24-7. Oh, yes, I do. I have it right here. So okay. the National Domestic Violence Hotline number is 1-800-799-SAFE. Okay. All right. I'm putting this in the comments right now uh, just in case anyone needs it. 1-800-799-SAFE. Nas yes. National Domestic Violence Hotline. Okay. Um, if you're dealing with this or you know someone who is, keep this keep this number handy. Um, somebody going to be there to talk to you and get you. Somebody will be there to talk to you. Um, it's very um, private. You don't mm -hmm. even have to. Um, if you don't want to in the beginning, tell them who you are. They don't. They don't ask you all that stuff. They kind of want to know: Are you safe? And do you right. need help? Do you need the police? And then that's when it kind of gets. Um, more involved and more in depth. And that's when they start asking more questions. Um, I do want to say that a lot of people, like you said, have reached out to me. They DM me, they text me. Um, I don't even know how they get my phone number, but they get my phone number. They send me emails. Just let me know how my book has inspired them to, to look at their relationships and not just women, men and women yeah. reach out to me. I've had a few men say to me, um, you know, I'm going to start, I'm going to treat my wife different. I'm going to go, I read your book and I thought, and it kind of show pictures of me. Wow. And so that made them rethink some things. And I thought, wow, you know, look at God. That's all I can say. Look at God. Wow. That, that's amazing. Now that, yeah. that is, that's different. Uh, I, I bet you probably didn't even expect 
No, I didn't expect that. that. Wow. That's amazing. Um, so I'm, I'm just excited. I'm happy. I'm, I'm excited for what God is doing in your life and where he is bringing you, um, in the, the rooms that he's bringing you into to help these people. Um, in this case, women and men, um, and ultimately families and generations, um, because yes. it doesn't just start and stop with one person, but nope. this, this becomes it a affects the whole thing. family. Yeah. I call it the silent epidemic. It's yeah. silent because nobody talks about it. Right, right, right. Exactly. Um, I, I just really appreciate you taking the time to be here and, and sharing this uh, with the audience. And so for you all that are listening to ensure that you never miss another enlightening episode of Evolution of She, please be sure to respond to our Facebook event. Um, every time we go live in the group, I do an event. So that way you can be reminded when we go live, you can get a message in Messenger um, when we're live. Um, if you mark yourself going or interested on the event, it will send you a notification. Um, I haven't really figured out exactly the whole system and how to make everything just integrate. I'm working on that, y'all. So <laughs> bear with me. <laughs> um, systems are, is my strong suit, but it just takes so much brain power to come up with a thing that works. Um, so and lastly, I want to say, if you are a woman of faith in business or you have a story to share and you have the desire to empower other people um, or help other people elevate in some form or fashion in life or in business, whatever it is, and you want to have a chance to promote your brand, we would love to hear from you. I would love to have you on the show. Um, you can visit my website at jaleesabuck.com to schedule a brief call, see if we're a good fit and, you know, if you're a good fit for us and if I'm a good fit for you, because I ain't for everybody and everybody. <laughs> so, um, and you can also on my site, explore the ways that I support Christian business women. Um, and you can also connect with me there too. So that's all I have for everyone today. Again, Stephanie, thank you so much for being thank here. Thank you. So grateful. To my amazing audience, thank you so much for tuning in. And remember to embrace the beautiful evolution that lies within you. Until yes. next time. Peace, y'all. Peace. <laughs> <laughs>